everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode number 114 on Monday the 17th of January 2011. My name is Steve Layton and I like coffee more than the pop combo Pepsi and Shirley. Anyway, I'm way too excited about this week's coffee. I'm, I'm nearly epileptic about it. Is that a word? Have I just made a word? Anyway, next week's going to be awesome. This week's is stunning. We've got so many great coffees coming in at the moment. It's kind of like just the time of year that I get really excited about. Um, and I hope that you're going to be enjoying them too. Um, thank you for the kind words from last week about the new format. Um, we're going to carry that on this week as well. I've got a few additions uh, that I want to kind of throw in on top of those. But uh, all the questions and comments that I don't cover in this, I'm going to do an audio boo. Uh, I'm going to pop a link below, um, and that's going to be uh, just covering the things that we don't cover on here. So keep the in my mug for in my mug, and then look at covering some of the other questions in there. Um, another thing, if you enjoyed last week's uh, Araquan, uh, the washed coffee, this week we've got one which is a naturally processed uh, which is available up on the site, ready to buy. I didn't want to cup it this week because we've done a lot of Brazils and I thought it was time for something a bit different, but that's there. Um, so yeah, let's get into this week's coffee. So, if you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, I'm going to pop more links below because I'm in a linky kind of mood, um, then you will have seen me crying all over Christmas, New Year about my container from Bolivia um, and the problems we were having getting it to us. Um, it's here, it's below, and it's also in your, uh, uh, hopefully in your house as a subscriber, uh, as it's the coffee that we're talking about this week. It's called Finca Lazoya, um, and I think you are absolutely going to love this coffee. Um, it's another of our direct trade coffees from, uh, this time from Bolivia, uh, organised from my trip in July this year when I went across. It's also a world exclusive, we buy every bean from this farm. Um, and I think you all know how proud that makes me when we can do those kind of things. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's owned by a guy called Feliciano Ramos, who is 42 year old. Originally from La Paz, but I'm guessing from like, the outskirts of La Paz, as he used to help his father, who had a farm, who produced um, potatoes and barley. Uh, so, obviously comes from a farming background, understands the basics of, of looking after the land and all those things. In 2002, decided to move to Caranavi, which is in the Subandes Valley in the South Yungas. Um, and initially in 2002, he rented a farm um, just so he could begin his education, learn how to grow coffee better, uh, and use it as like an experimentation part. Um, but after two years, he saved enough money up so he could buy uh, a 10 hectare farm, which is called Finca Lazoya. Um, the farm is located on top of a small mountain uh, overlooking the, the Andes, so it's got some real altitude, it's 1,635 metres. Um, when he bought the farm, it only had two hectares of coffee, uh, which was typical, but since then yeah, he's planted uh, new varietals and more, and it's now up to eight hectares, so two hectares obviously for sustainable living, um, and the other eight hectares coffee. Uh, Feliciano is married to uh, Tomasa. Um, they have five children who are all of school age. Oh, God bless you, sir. Um, uh, but uh, the children do help on the farm, but only after school, which, you know, is obviously important. 
Um, but the coffee is the only source of money for the family. So it's very important that we do you know, pay a great price for this coffee. Um, you know, and it's very important to them that they get that, that price. Um, time for a Bolivia factette. Um, in that whole you know, kind of uh, Andes region, there's a serious problem with lots of coffee being ripped out and coca, co coca leaves being planted, um, which is completely legal in Bolivia. But this has a really big impact on the soil. Coca will give you four harvests a year um, and has a very strong internal market where it can be sold. Um, as we were driving from Machacamarca, we drove through a village and there was a big mass of people. I was like, well, what's going on there? And it was a coca market. Um, and when you get four harvests out of it, they, you know, it, 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 it can be really tempting, but it really damages the soil and the environment because it makes it kind of a lot of the coverage of the land gets kind of um, you know kind of lost. So yeah, uh, paying good prices for coffee is probably one of the best ways out of than planting coca. So you know that that's some. I think that's a lot of the reason why I'm so passionate about Bolivia. On top of an absolutely awesome cup profile. Uh, back to the coffee. The coffee is a washed coffee, but I have a feeling it's very similar to what we saw in Machacamarca, where uh, they called it a washed coffee. I always thought it had the profile of uh, much closer to pulp natural and much lesser fermented washed coffee. Um, and when I went to Machacamarca, I saw what they did, and it, it's kind of like a hybrid of uh, processing where they ran it through the, uh, the pulping machine, and then got it the other end and then ran it through again with the bypass open which meant it went through the scrubber and on the scrubber there's like brushes that rub the uh, mucilage off the coffee uh, and I'm fairly confident that's what's happening with this coffee because uh, the profile is definitely that of, of a more pulp natural style coffee. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to find these things out, I'm still kind of uh, hunting it down and I very much would like to go back to Bolivia very soon and, and, and go and uh, see Felicio and, and, and his family and uh, kind of see what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I'm going to whack you on pause. I'm going to go and get uh, some coffee because I'm really ready for some coffee because my mouth's all dry and I'm going to be back in just a second. Hello everybody, so I'm back. Um, I'm going to dive straight into the espresso and, and the cappuccino, then we'll go back over what we, the other parts So Now with espresso, I've got into this habit of stirring. I'll just get rid of the spoon. I've got into the habit of stirring the espresso just to mix up the crema with the, with the actual coffee itself, and I found it really improves my espresso. So if you're not doing that at home, do try it. Now on the smell, yeah, you're getting, I, and I know what's coming in this because obviously I've cooked it quite a bit, but you, you really smell cherry coming off it. There's a lovely bite in acidity in there, um, which is the cherry coming through, but it's mixed in with a dark chocolate, um, which gives it a beautiful sweetness and a really, really nice balance. So, finish that off. As an espresso, I think it's phenomenal. I really, really do. That's competition standard espresso for me. Um, I would quite happily see that's the kind of coffee I'd be throwing into a WBC. You know, if, if I was lucky enough to have a barista I was working with for that, I really do think it's that special a coffee. And then the milk. 
it kind of loses a lot of that cherry acidity and becomes much more kind of caramelly and, and sweeter and, and, and the dark chocolate. And a lot of that really kind of nice complex acidity is muted down by the milk. Mm. Okay. So, um, I brewed a cafetiere today. Uh, the reason I brewed a cafetiere is that it's the, one of the brew guides I've been working on. Um, and I'm still playing with my technique a little bit, but I've actually got 80 grams per litre on this one um, as when I was trying it yesterday because It's a long story, but I ended up recording this yesterday and I've had to throw it away because the the the, um, the lighting was awful um, and it was all shadowy um, But yeah, when I did yesterday at 60 grams per litre, it perhaps wasn't as good as I thought it could be So I, I've really upped it today just to see what happens there the brew guide will be coming out just showing you how that I've done it and, and what I've done differently. Um, going to show you a little bit of a clip now of the cup that I'm going to be using. Very kindly donated to me by Colin Harmon. Uh, it's a plastic cup and after shelf gate it was decided that plastic cups were safer for me. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you like that. So, going to smell... Okay, so again on the on the liquor of the, the, the brewed coffee, you're getting uh, the, the strong cherry come through again, just as we did in the espresso. Oh, that's bright. I mean, that's lovely. It's a real zing. It's a real kind of... And normally when you get that, you lose the mouthfeel because the mouthfeel really drops down with it. With this one, I'm finding that the mouthfeel is really kind of big and present still because it, it has an underlying sweetness, which comes from that chocolate, comes from that kind of, that caramel that floats around in your mouth. Um, I get a lot of lime coming off the brewed coffee as well, and I think the descriptor I used was key lime pie for the, for the cupping table. And in the brewed coffee, you really get to see that, which you don't in the other two methods. You really do get that lovely lime running through the middle of it. Um, but now that was, that, I mean, it's a delicious coffee. Okay, I'm gonna show you a picture of the rose color now. Um, You'll see from the rose colour, this is a, a medium to medium dark coffee, which is where a lot of the new coffees that have come in have been kind of sitting themselves. Um, that's not a surprise or unusual with these very fine coffees. This tends to be where I think they get the best uh, from them. The rose profile on it, it was um, a very slow build up to first crack and then just a, 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 a fairly vigorous run just into the first pops of second um, so yeah, that's that's the rose colour. It's not during the bowl time. I missed this last week, and people. I had a few emails saying, "Are you dropping it?" No, I'm not. I just forgot. And and if you ever don't see snozzer in the bowl on here, it's purely because I forgot. No other reason. So on the dry grounds, it just runs through it all. Apart from the kappa, is the cherry, and you can smell the cherry on the grounds even. It's absolutely, and you smell the lemon. The lemon kind of lime zinginess to it as well. Oh, it's a very aromatic coffee and the chocolate. I just got a waft of, uh, of dark chocolate come through as well. So, um, normally what we would have done in the past is we would have gone, life's too short for stuff and wrapped up. But today we have a question of the week. And uh, this was just selected at random, um, but as it works out, it's actually, it's quite apt because it's talking about the French press. So, question is from Andy in Maidenhead, and it says, the question is, uh, the question I have is about grind. We all know that grind is crucial. 
I have my grind pretty much sorted now for espresso, which is tough, Andy, so very well done for that. that, that that's superb. But I do struggle to pick out the flavours in the coffee when I brew it in a French press, for example. I do make the grind more coarse for this method, but I am unsure if I'm doing it right. A difficult question to answer precisely, I'm sure, but do you have any tips where to start? Well, the first tip, Andy, is keep watching over the next few weeks. We will be doing a French press uh, brew guide in the next couple of months, um, for sure. Um, I'm going to show you a little clip now, which what I've done to the with the with the rose colour today. I actually ground some coffee with I would use for cafetiere, just so you can get a rough idea of what the grind size should be like. Um, I know it's difficult to see, but also with French press, don't be afraid of upping the dose. Don't be afraid of kind of playing with the doses that you're getting in there to get the coffee the taste and how you want it to. Just as I said today, I'd up that to 40 grams from uh, sorry. 80 grams per litre from 60 grams, you can do exactly the same. So, you know, play with those parameters. Um, the only thing I would say that, uh, from my experiments, is fairly set in stone, is you need a four minute extraction on something so coarse as that. Um, but the parameters, for sure, are of, of, of dose, are very open to, to playing to make it larger. What you're looking for is to make the grind fine enough to extract well but coarse enough so it doesn't come through the filter. And if you can do that, then you're going to get yourself a really, really good French press. Um, anybody who thinks these aren't cool uh, is very sadly mistaken. French press, for me, is probably the best way to get into coffee because for three, four pounds from a local supermarket, you can buy a French press and you can be brewing coffee. Um, it's so much better. And it's also going to give you so, many, so much better results than you are from like an home espresso machine or... Something like that. Sorry, about to have a sweet. That's lovely. So, hope that helps, Andy. Um, please, 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 questions for this week. And uh, please get those coming through. Uh, before we go, I just want to wrap up the farm. So the farm is called Finca La Zoya. The farmer is Felicio, Feliciano Ramos. The city that it, the closest city to the to, to the farm is Caranavi in the region of Franges Cell Los Yungas. To remember all these things, it hurts my head. Farm size is 10 hectares, but the growing area of coffee is 8 hectares. Altitude is 1,635 metres. The varieties are Katura, Katayi, and Tipica. Uh, Katura is 20%, the other two are 40. Um, type of soil that it is grown in, I recall, is clay. Um, and it's an absolutely delicious coffee. So, three things I want you to take away from this coffee. One, for me, it's a delicious espresso. So do try it in the espresso if you have the opportunity to. I think that's where it really, really does shine. Um, two, this is a world exclusive for us in a direct trade. So this is uh, from the farm. We buy um, everything from there. Every last bean that comes away is ours. Uh, so you're not going to be able to try it anywhere else. I get dead proud of that kind of stuff. So you'll have to forgive me for keep repeating it. And three... Um, I found as a French press, it needs to be updosed a little bit. So to get the very best out of it, you need a little bit more coffee to water ratio. Um, that's just what I found from it. Um, and I think there are three things to take away with this coffee. Actually, no, change my mind. Third thing is going to be the processing method. What it says it's a washed, but as we, we you know, I'm going to confirm this, but I think that this is very similar to Magic Mark where it's run through the depulper twice. Um, I'm going to wrap up. 
as you can tell, I love this coffee. I think it's going to be huge for us in 2011. Um, I hope that uh, you're all going to get a chance to try it. If you're not a subscriber, I hope that you're going to try it. And do remember, life is too short.